Welcome, everybody, to Burgess Power Hour. Oh, my goodness, are we excited for this August Power Hour. It is all about transitions, and how to communicate and move through change with ease. And, boy, I don't know about you guys, but there's a lot of changes going on. Now I'm recording, and we have people from all around the world. It's so awesome. We've got uh, one coast in Hawaii, the other coast in U.K., and everybody in between down in Florida and up in Canada, and everybody in between, and those of you who are listening now on the recording, welcome. Those of you who are live, boy, are you lucky. You're live. <laughs> so um, there will be others joining us uh, throughout the um, hour, more than likely. So uh, I just want to make sure that there's no background noise. And as, as usual with my power hours, uh, it will be uh, experiential. And that means that you might want to write some notes down. And also, um, I'm going to ask you to do a couple of uh, exercises, perhaps. This particular one, I'm going to, I think, have you do one exercise. And so if you're driving, you might, you know, listen to the recording and not uh, write while you're driving. So uh, hopefully everyone registered so you'll get the recording. And if you just mute yourself, that'd be great. If if I get a lot of background noise, then I want to go ahead and mute everybody. Uh, but if you hit star six, that will mute you. Or if you are uh, on a cell phone, clearly you can mute yourself. Uh, so that'll be good. And if you hit star six again, that will unmute you. So... Enough of that, and like I said, if uh, if I get a lot of background noise, I'll just go ahead and mute everybody, but you can still talk to me and ask questions and go through some of these exercises with me uh, by hitting star six again, and that will unmute you. Okay, so welcome everybody all around the world. I'm excited about this because, boy... I mean, I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of transitions and a lot of change. And if you heard me last month, we talked about the fear of the unknown. And so part of the fear of change, I think, is that fear of the unknown. And when we're in a transition sometimes, how do we go through that and move through it with ease and grace? And so uh, that's what tonight's all about. So get get something to write with, get a pen and paper, and we'll just go for it. I heard something recently. It said ignorance uh, is a protective blessing. Okay? So let me kind of explain that as I go into why I'm talking about this. That, I mean, do you really want to know that your play about a woman determined to chart her own destiny will be savaged when it receives a full-scale production? because the theater's critic's wife just left him? Or do you want to know that maybe eight months after your newspaper column is picked up for national syndication, that the syndicate will be sold and your column will be dropped? Uh, do you want to know that you won't get the grant, that it will be your third novel that gets published first, or that your television acting debut will end up on the cutting room floor, or that none of your pots will sell at next week's crafts fair? So do you want to know those things? And that's that whole point of being ignorant of uh, could be a protective blessing. And what that means is have you ever tried something and never failed at something? No matter what you do, if you keep trying again, you may fail again. And one author talks about, his name is Samuel Beckett, he talked about, look, try again, fail again, fail better. So would you revise the play or would you market the column or apply for the grant or attend the audition or rent the kiln if you knew that failure always precedes success? So failure is a crucial part of the creative process. And I've talked to you guys about that before, that if you're afraid to fail, then you could be avoiding success. If you're avoiding failure, you could be avoiding success. And sometimes when you're going through a transition, sometimes it could mean like you've, you go into that place of I failed. So authentic success arrives only after we have mastered failing better. I love that. Authentic success arrives only after we have mastered failing better. And those of you coming to our mastery program in November, you'll understand more about that too. So 
this is something else I read that was kind of cool. It says, why else are heavenly encounters accompanied by brilliant blinding light? Because you're not supposed to know too far ahead. We're not supposed to know. And they even went on to say, don't forget that the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden was from the tree of knowledge. I thought that was interesting. So oftentimes when we're in the middle of a transition or we feel like we failed or we it, it brings up less than or uncertainty, you know, or maybe it brings up uh, just the unknown. We don't know what's going to be next. And in the military and these tech industries, um, there's a code called need to know, right? So if you can do your job effectively without knowing the big picture, you're kept in the dark. So if that is you, if that is you where you feel like you have to know everything and you feel like uh, you really have this fear of the unknown, you could look at it as that all we need to know is that the spirit knows what we don't. Our spirit knows, universal divine spirit knows, the universe knows, source, God, great spirit, whatever you want to call it, knows. And if we could just get out of our own way, we'll be shown the next step, including how not to sell ourselves short, okay, as we gracefully grow into whatever our next step is. So somebody has background noise, if you could please hit star six or mute yourself so I don't have to mute everybody. Okay, thank you. So I thought that was really interesting to start it off with that, that ignorance is bliss. Because sometimes that fear of the unknown can really stop us, and we talked about that. We talked about that um, last time around fear of the unknown. What do you do about that? And change, because change can be scary. And when you're in the middle of a transition, it can be scary. And we talked about last time about that change formula, and I'll remind you of that if you didn't hear it last time, Uh, but even if you did, I'll remind you that that change formula is really powerful. It really gives you a conscious way to move through change, to move through it with ease and grace. So remember, change can equal some form of vision plus breakdown plus plan. So some combination of those three things, vision, breakdown and plan, a combination of those things, has to be greater than the fear of change. So what that means is, just to recap, having a vision is really important. So even if you're in the middle of a transition or even if you have something that um, that you failed, that you feel like you failed at or that it's just a new chapter for you, I mean, some people can go into that failure spiral, right, and you just go in the corner and hide. So instead of doing that, remember your vision. Remember of why you're doing whatever you're doing, whatever, however you're showing up in the world. And remember... On this call, those of you who are joining me and anybody who's done any of my workshops around the world, you know that I'm creating and building a global movement of conscious leaders. And that's who you are, and that's who we are, conscious leaders, empowering others to create a win-win world. And so part of that win-win world is creating that vision for yourself. So if you have a really, really strong vision and you have a really great why, why am I doing this? Why do I get out of bed every morning? I thought I was on the right track. What the hell happened? But see, if your vision is really strong and your vision is juicy and you can change your vision, it can change over time, but if you keep your why about what you're doing in the world and why you're showing up in the first place and what you want to achieve, that's really, really keeps your juices flowing and it gets you out of bed. So your vision, in my opinion, needs to be really, really strong. And and I talked about this a lot in that last call, so you can go back and listen to it um, from our um, uh, from the last uh, month. We sent out the recording for that. Okay, so a B breakdown vision plus breakdown plus plan. B means breakdown. So sometimes we all grow through breakdown, don't we? Through our transitions. In other words, uh, that's when we kind of make new decisions for ourselves sometimes because we're kind of thrust into a new decision. And it feels really scary sometimes. 
and it's that's when you become very unconscious about it. So if you have a breakdown in a marriage, of course, it's a divorce. If you have a breakdown in health, it's sickness. A breakdown in a job is being fired, or a breakdown in business can be bankruptcy. So those are huge breakdowns that people go through, and then that's when they decide, oh, I guess I better change things. And so my suggestion is to do it at a more conscious level so that when you go through these things, you you can have little tiny breakdowns because breakdowns can be positive to move you along. They can kind of kick you in the butt, right? And those little kicks in the butts, they don't have to be huge. But most people grow through breakdown, and it's a very painful way to grow, a very painful way to move through transition. So a combination of a big vision plus a little breakdown, just kind of keep it going, plus a plan. And remember, plan is those that practical step, those practical steps to get you to the place you want to go. So you have to know two things, where you are and where you're going. And these practical steps are those little bite-sized chunks of how to get there. Very bite-sized. Okay? So the plan can be a pretty good, if you have a plan to follow, it, it feels like you have a little bit of a rudder. At least you have a direction, right? So a combination of this really powerful vision plus a little breakdown plus a plan has to be greater than the fear of change in order for things to move with ease, in order for things to be more of a conscious shift. Because that fear of change will stop you. It will keep you from all kinds of things, doesn't it? But I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And it's like I read at the very beginning, you know, if we knew what was going to happen, would we still do it? And that age-old question, do you ever want to know when you're going to die? Do you want to know that? Or do you want to live your life to its fullest and just enjoy life? And let it be a mystery. So a mystery to be solved. You know, it's not a mystery to be solved. It's a mystery to be lived, right? So that is uh, just a recap of the change formula that I did last time. But that really does come into play when we're talking about transitions. Because if you are afraid of the unknown, you will stay where you are. Oftentimes you will let that keep you stuck, like that trapeze bar. Remember the trapeze bar when you're holding on to that trapeze and you're holding on to it and you're holding on to it and you know that's what you know? may not be the trapeze bar you want. It may not be exactly the way you like it, the right relationship, the right job, the right purpose, the right whatever. But you're holding on to it because at least you know it. And in order for you to actually create more of what you want and move, you have to be able to let go of that trapeze bar because just for a moment you'll be flying. And it's that fear of flying that stops people from letting go, from letting go of their old trapeze bar that's not working for them anymore. Because you have to let go of the old trapeze bar to catch the new one. So that's our comfort zone. And I talked about that last time, too, about our comfort zones. We stay in our comfort zone just because it's comfortable. And comfort zones can become a rut, And I say, hey, jog yourself out of your comfort zone. Sit in a different chair at work or drive a different way to school or work or wherever you go. You know, get out of your comfort zone as much as possible. And one of the things that I've uh, shown people to do is, like, if you clasp your hands together, and if you can do it while you're listening, you can go ahead and do that. Just put your hands together. And what thumb goes on top? So whatever thumb is on top, that's your comfort zone. Now, uncross your hands and put your other thumb on top. It feels weird, doesn't it? So now, uncross it and go back to the original position with your thumb that you were most comfortable with, and then go back and forth. Just go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Unclasp it and put it back together again really quick. And pretty soon... It doesn't feel quite as weird, does it? 
So we can get locked into a comfort zone and it has to be a certain way, a certain time, a certain person, a certain job, a certain something. And if we just let go of our comfort zone sometimes and we try something different, okay, what will happen is eventually it feels like a new comfort zone. And that is a really um, powerful way to just say, look, I have to give myself permission. I have to give myself permission in order to let go of where I'm at in order for me to move to what I want. If where you're at is not exactly what you want. But see, what comes up for a lot of people is that loss. You know, there's a lot of transitions that we're talking about here and how to move through that and communicate yourself through it. Like a divorce, that's a transition. Think about if you've ever been through a divorce. What, you know, what came up for you? Did fear, the unknown? How about death? Death is a transition, isn't it? And how do we deal with, if we're the ones alive and we're left, how do we deal with that? How about birth? That's a transition. And Hi, Bud. Hello. It's Claire. It's Claire? Oh, hi, Claire. You got on. Good, honey. I'm glad. I'm glad you're on, hon. There you go. So you had your uh, your other U.K. person helping to get you on there. <laughs> so, okay, good. Cool. So uh, just mute yourself, star six, or uh, just have no background noise is fine. And uh, we've been recording, so you can listen to the recording if you just joined us, okay? Okay. Okay. I'm glad you're there, hon. So, Thank you, darling. You're welcome. So birth is a transition. So if you have any children, you know, that was that's a huge transition, having kids, right? It changes everything. And what about a job? If you get fired or if you if you try a new business or you're doing something different, you could be going from job to job or business to business, and that is a transition too. And sometimes transitions can mean like a loss, loss of home or a loss of something, right? And these these losses really bring up a lot of pain for people because they don't know how to fill that void. So if you look at transition, could also be like from uh, sleep to awake. We do it every day. We go from sleeping to awake. So just ask yourself, am I asleep? Am I sleepwalking? Or am I, am I woke, as they say these days? Am I awake? Am I aware? Am I present with what is really happening to me in my life? So there are people who are afraid of that change, of maybe going to the next level, whatever that is for you. So there's quite a bit of fear around it, I know, through all the 36 years I've been doing this with people, so when you're in this metamorphosis, when you're in this change, and you're certainly teetering back and forth between allowing it and resisting it, allowing it and resisting it. Just think about it. When you're changing things or you're in a metamorphosis, you're in between. So some days you allow it, sometimes you resist it. So the portion of holding the energy is just a portion of resistance. So not wanting to go to the next level means to some people that you're erasing all that was. And this is what it feels like to a lot of people, to erase all that was and to become someone else or to do something else. Therefore, you resist this unforeseen someone else or something else, because you haven't tried on the shoes yet. It's like getting some new shoes. And we resist it. So when there is a way that you can look back into your memory, look back into your memory and realize that all of this lifetime here and many others is leading up to your next chapter in your long encyclopedia of creation, that it's always there, it's not going away, you don't lose anything, you're not erasing anything, 
You're creating more. You're creating what's next. And guess what? You can access that anytime. You can access your lifetime anytime. You can access those memories. So the the point of allowing yourself to um, go back and forth between allowing and resisting, the, the more you resist, the more the less fun you have, right? And the more loss you feel. <clears throat> okay? So you can access all of that anytime. You, you haven't lost anything. And you're not erasing anything. So many people live in the past or they live in the future. So it's that past or future mind. So just kind of notice where do you show up? And I'm going to... If if you feel, I'm going to give you some feelings. This is an emotional timeline that I do in our Essence of Being class, just as a reminder to some of you who have taken that, is that if you're living in the past, just kind of notice, you know, if you feel guilty or grievance or you're sad or regret or resentment or bitter, and you live there a lot, okay, you, your mind is living in the past. That is where you are focusing your attention to is the past, and it's being fueled by non-forgiveness. So I'll say those again. If you find yourself now, this is if you find yourself feeling this way a lot. Okay, clearly you can feel sad in the present moment, but if you find yourself living there quite a bit, guilt, grievance sad, regret, resentment, bitterness, then you are really focusing on the past and you're fueling that by not forgiving. Okay? So that is kind of where you show up. And it's hard to let go of that sometimes for you to go to the next level or go to the next place or go to the present moment because you're living back there in the past and it's dragging you down. It's very heavy. And all your life force goes back there. And you're probably tired too. So let me give you an example of where you're living in the future. If your mind is in the future a lot, if you're tense, or worried, or anxious, or stressed out, or uneasy a lot. Now, this is meaning you live there. In other words, you're you're constantly anxious, or stressed out, or uneasy, or worried, or you're tense. If you live there a lot, that means that your mind could be in the future. That's your psychological time. You're living in the future. And it's being fueled by fear. So, tense, worried, anxiety, stress, and uneasy is fueled by fear. So if you want to not live there, of course, either the past or the future, because as we all know, I'm hoping (laughs) that we all know this, that the only time that you can really make a change in your life is in the present moment. That's when it really makes a difference to be present in that present moment. Think about being in the present moment. When do you ever become present? Maybe when you're asleep, you're present. I don't know. Another way to be present could be when you are looking into a baby's eyes and you're holding a baby. Babies are very present. Animals are very present. They're not thinking in the future and the past necessarily. They're more present. They're conscious, sentient beings in the present moment. And because they're in the present moment, they probably don't have a lot of those emotions and live in that psychological time. And so a transition that's happening in your life, the more you become present in that moment, the more you can allow yourself to move through it with ease and grace. It's like the Eeyore syndrome. So, you know, Winnie the Pooh is always seeking the honey 
And Winnie the Pooh is the one that sees the beauty in all things. And Winnie the Pooh goes through all kinds of stuff. But Winnie sees sees the beauty. Winnie the Pooh is the one that is present with what he is wanting and is concentrating only on the good. And then there's Eeyore. And what does Eeyore do? Eeyore is the one that is constantly noticing, it'll never work. Better not do it. It's not working. And he reminds Pooh of what is. <laughs> he's he's the one that reminds Pooh of what's not working. So just ask yourself, do I am I Eeyore or am I Winnie the Pooh? So what are you focusing on? Past or future? What are you focusing on? Things that are working or not working? Even if you're in a transition, even if you're not sure what's next, even if you're feeling lost. The way out of that is to get present and to appreciate where you are right this moment. Find your honey. Find the honey. And I don't mean, you know, (laughs) your sexy honey. I mean, find that honey. Find the why. Dig in there and say, why am I here? What is next for me? Look at it as an adventure, as a present moment, as you're looking at things with awe and an inspiration instead of looking at things why they're not working, you know, and say, this just isn't working. This sucks. I don't like it. And those of you who have done uh, a lot of my workshops, you see me do this little uh a lot. You see me sitting in my chair, right? And there, there's some background noise. If you could hit star six, please. People breathing or something or walking or I don't know what's going on. You're outdoors or something or driving. So it's like I'm walking. I'm sitting in, like I'm sitting in my chair and I'm saying, I hate this chair. I hate it. I hate it. It sucks. It really sucks. And everybody else hates their chair too. And they're sitting in their chair and it sucks too. And then God comes along and says, hey, i got a chair for you over here. And, and you're still sitting in the chair going, well, I don't see it. I don't trust that there's another chair. You think I'm going to leave this chair? I don't see another chair over there. And God says, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a chair over here. Come over here. It's a much more comfortable chair. But oftentimes what we do is we sit in that chair and we say, you know what? I need to figure this out. Um, I think it's my mother's fault that my chair sucks. Yeah, that's it. It's my mother's fault. So my mother had a chair just like mine. So I'm I'm going to hate it just as much as she did. So and so what we do is we sit there and justify why we hate what we hate or why we're stuck where we're stuck. And all we have to do is get up out of the chair, and we think God or the universe or Great Spirit or whatever you want to call it comes over, is going to come over and just yank us out of the chair. That's not how it works. In my world and in my opinion, you have to get up out of the chair and walk over and see what's next. Go look at that other chair over there and just trust that it's there. But see... Many of us who even get up to walk over there to look, we drag our chair with us just to make sure. Let me take my old chair with me just to make sure I can fall back on that. Instead of just getting up, walk over to the other chair and see it. And maybe it works and maybe it doesn't. But you're in motion and you're not sitting there in your old chair. And as long as you're in motion, you're having an effect. And as long as you're having an effect, you matter. And as long as you matter, you are creating. And you're important no matter what. So if you want to have an effect in the world, you've got to get up and walk over there and go for the next thing, even if you're in a transition. But see, a lot of us think, uh, we start looking for new uh, jumping jacks, you know, whatever it is. I'm going to call it a jumping jack. We're looking for a new relationship or a new job or a new whatever. We're looking for these jumping jacks in order to create 
a sense of belonging or a sense of awareness or a sense of oneness or a sense of connection or a sense of validation. And we search for the validation that we already have within ourselves and we forgot. Yet you even want to have your existence validated as well. So many of us are walking around with a feeling that we are the shadow, that we are the illusion, that we are the negative, that we are the other, that we are outside of ourselves. And so those of you who live that way, believe this way about yourself, you're going to continue to struggle. And you're going to continue to search for something that you feel you cannot have. So in other words, many of you walk around with a feeling of helplessness and a feeling of being another or a feeling of separateness or a feeling of wanting to attach to something that has value, wanting to encourage yourself to believe in yourself again. Or many of you are walking around with a sense of overinflated purpose in order to feel that you're here, even firmly planted on the planet. In other words, you want validation. And the confirmation that there is something more, that there is another way. So many of, many of us ask, why do we have to suffer in order to see that there's another way? Why do we have to have loss? Or why do we have these feelings of struggle and doubt and dis-ease and all of this in order to see that there's another way? So we could say, Again, it's a sense of duality. That's where we come from. It's it's either this or that, black or white, right or wrong. This is the sense of what is and what is not. So how how it's been explained to me is when you become physical, okay, from a non-physical place, whatever your belief system is, when we become physical, there's an inherent feeling of duality. Because here we are, this, soul or or spirit or whatever you want to call that non-physical part of us comes into a physical body, that's a duality, isn't it? There's a spirit guiding. There's a soulfulness, soulfulness there. So that's a paradox of the illusion of the body, and therefore it feels separate. It feels that there is a duality from a physical and non-physical point of view. So... Yes, that has been the case, and it is now becoming increasingly important for all of you to become more aware of the fact that this does not necessarily have to be this way. So step way outside of your box on this one. Just be with me for a minute, okay? This is kind of out of, your, out, of, out of the box for some of you. That in order for you to be physical and connected to your soul and soul connected to all that is, is all, it's all happening at all times. It's multidimensional. So there truly is no reason for dis-ease or fear or separateness. It has just become an inherent part of our learning because it's been our evidence. So these new languages or new ways of looking at things, these new communications can help guide us in this knowing. The jumping jacks, I call it, that you do, within whatever organization you belong to, whichever way you'd like to proceed, you may call it whatever you wish. You can acknowledge it however you wish, but what we want you to hear and what I want you to hear is that it does not matter. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter who you date. It doesn't matter where you go because you're still there. And that knowing of inside of you is still there. And that feeling of connection is still there. So you don't have to feel separate in order for you to make a transition. So that's what happens when you make that transition. It feels like we have to erase everything about us and we feel lost or we feel at loss. So I'm going to give you some tools on how to bring yourself back to that place of knowing that you are not lost and 
you do not need the validation because you already are validated because you exist. And we ask our questions, right? We have these doubts. Am I doing it right? Am I doing it the right way? Is this the right thing to do? Is this the right person to be with? So we ask for that validation all the time, but if we understand that really we are already connected, there is no separateness. So one way to do that on a physical level, because many of us don't understand that yet, or maybe you do, but it's sometimes it's, we, we forget, is remember the universe to-do list is my, one of my favorite, favorite tools of all time. And I've said this before on these calls. And the universe to-do list, remember, is you get a piece of paper and you put a line down the middle, and on the left side you put your to-dos, just things that you're willing to do today. And the, on the right side you put the universe's to-do list. And what that means is you turn over everything else. You don't know how it's going to work. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, fear of the unknown, fear of what's next. How am I going to do whatever it is that I plan to do? How can I be the person I want to be? You turn all that over. Any worries, any anxieties, any thoughts of guilt or separateness or anything, you just turn it over to the universe and say, you handle it. And you would use words like, um, handle my parents, whatever. Uh, Take care of uh, the next steps for me to get my business going. Um, Show me the signs of the best person to be with. Um, Figure out from, you know, figure out what's the, uh, the next step for me in my transition. You figure it out and let me know. Because I don't know. So what you're doing is you're basically turning over to the universe to handle it because the universe has a lot more resources at its disposal than you may know how to access right now. So your list should be very short. Your list should be very, very short about what you're willing to do today. Make phone calls, do some emails, those kind of things. The other side should be pretty long, and you just put it away. You turn it over, and what that allows you to do is to let go of the resistance so that you can allow. Remember I said what happens when you're in transition or if you're not in the not knowing place is it's a combination of allowing and resisting, allowing and resisting. So this is one way to let go of the resistance. You can allow more. If you turn all that other stuff over, now you've got more space in your mind and in your heart to allow more because you don't have to hold on to it. So it's a really, really great tool. So I suggest you continue to do that. Another tool um, is that emotional chart that I give people in the essence of being, but those of you who have not had that before, let me give you an example of how this works. And I'll need a volunteer. So who wants to volunteer? I will. It's Yvonne. I will. Okay, Yvonne. <laughs> All right, Miss Canada. I heard you first. Yeah. Okay. So out of that, let me, I'm going to give you, you tell me when to stop, okay? I'm going to give you some emotions, and you tell me where you feel most of the time the lowest vibration, okay? I'm going to start with a very, very low vibration of emotion, okay? And you just say stop when you say um uh, when I say the emotion that kind of um, identifies you a lot of the time, okay? Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Fear, grief, depression, despair, powerlessness, insecurity, guilt, unworthiness, jealousy. Insecurity. Insecurity. Okay, great. So what yeah. you do... And that is a very, it's a low vibration, right? It's a kind of a low feeling. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to walk you up the ladder. So how you do this is uh, you can use any kind of emotions you want to, uh, to use. Um, 
I also have a worksheet that I can um, give you guys on this, but it comes from the book. Uh, this is one of the uh, charts come from the book Ask and It Is Given by Esther Hicks. I have that book. Okay, so it's called the emotion. Well, I took it from the emotion part of these emotions, but what you do is you say this. Okay, wouldn't it be nice if I felt jealousy? So say that. Wouldn't it be nice if I felt jealousy? Okay, so just kind of breathe into that, take a big breath, and just imagine feeling jealous. Okay? Yeah. Now, wouldn't it be nice if I felt hate? Say that out loud. Wouldn't it be nice if I felt hate? Now feel that for a minute. Uh, You got that? Mm-hmm. Do you feel it? Yeah, it doesn't feel good. Not it feels good. Okay, keep going. Wouldn't it be nice if I felt revenge? Oh, good God. Uh-huh. So okay, say that. got it. So Wouldn't say it. it be nice if I felt revenge? Okay, and then say, then take a breath. And say, wouldn't it be nice if I felt anger? Wouldn't it be nice if I felt anger? Are you feeling it? I did. Okay. Now, do you still feel insecure? <laughs> no. No. That's my point. So this is how it works, and it sounds really weird and you know crazy. But the word you use is, wouldn't it be nice if I felt? And you go up that emotional ladder, and some of it's kind of weird, right? It's like, I, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel hate, revenge, and anger. But what you're doing is you're talking yourself up that emotional ladder. But it, it, you have to do it where you feel it, right? You have to be able to feel what that feels like from that insecure place. And what you're doing is you're rising your vibration or you're raising your your vibration up that ladder so because sometimes you know the top of the ladder is what joy freedom love appreciation sometimes it's hard to jump from being you know insecure to there to love immediately you got it okay so that is a wonderful tool to use uh to go up that emotional ladder and even though it sounds weird you know the, the lowest vibration anybody can have is that despair and depression and fear and powerlessness it's a very 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 low vibration and what i've always told people look if you're ever if you're ever depressed from whatever reason one of the best ways to get out of depression is use anger as a portal. It's a portal that you can use because at least you have desire when you're angry. When you are depressed, you have no desire, none, zero. But if you so what this is doing is it's building up the ladder of of desire. Cuz the more desire you have and the less resistance you have, the more you can feel passion and love and joy. And appreciation. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, that's what I would suggest. That's a <coughs> fabulous tool to use about um, raising your vibration so that if you're in the middle of a transition, how you communicate to yourself can be this way. You can bring yourself up and raise your vibration to another level. Even though it sounds weird, it's a whole nother, a higher vibration. Because remember, when you're in this feeling of unknown, you go back and forth between allowing and resistance. And so all of these tools are meant to let go of resistance. So you can have more of the allowing. Another tool, thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. So a lot of uh, another thing you can do is you can say, I choose. All right? That's another tool. So if you find yourself saying, uh, I have to blah, 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 pinch yourself and change it to I choose to. Because when you change it to I have to, if you change it from I have to to I choose to, it's a much more powerful conscious choice of a word where you're not feeling like a victim. You're taking responsibility for your choice by saying, I choose. 
And that's a great way to communicate to yourself. So if you find yourself saying a lot, I have to do something, pinch yourself to remind you. It's a pattern interrupt, right? Pinching yourself is a pattern interrupt and saying, I choose to. I choose to blah, blah, blah. It's a much more powerful way to raise, again, your vibration. If you find yourself saying, I want, change that to I choose. So, I want a new place to live. So, the universe always says, yes, you do want that. You're right. I see that. You want that for sure. But if you say, I choose to live in a new place, that gives it more impact and it brings you closer to actually creating it. Choosing is a power word. Okay? So if you find yourself saying, I want this and I want that, or I want out of this place I'm in, or I want a new job, or I want a new partner, or I want a new purpose, just choose it. I choose to have a new purpose. I choose to know. If you find yourself saying, I don't know, A lot? I don't know. And Brad tells me all the time I say that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Tell yourself, I choose to know. I choose to know. I choose to know. So the word choose could be interjected for a lot of words um, that puts you in a different position of allowing and power and creating. Does that make sense? I have a question, Burgessy Vaughn. Yes. Is it okay that I ask a question now? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. Okay. Uh, This time, this call is perfect timing because I had, I busted three blocks. I had no memory from the age of zero to twelve. I was raised with deaf parents, as you know, and I had, I was stealing money under the age of five years old, and I, I had three blocks that came up. Like, can I do this on my own? And I will not be able to get out of it, and I just don't know how long it will take. Well, by the grace of God, and by talking with one of my aunts, who is now 75, I got a little bit of it, and the next day, through my journaling, meditating, prayer, I got the clarity of where these beliefs came from. But now something else has come up, and I'm associating pain to money, and you helped me once, and I was thinking maybe I could do a private session with you and really get to this limiting belief so I can release the fear because in my transition, as you know, I'm going to the Caribbean. I'm struck with fear this week. It's, I don't Hello? like it. Hello? That's, per- That's perfect. That is absolutely perfect. So, yeah, we can have a private session. That's not, a, not an issue, but certainly ha- having that awareness is the biggest step is saying pain equals money no so uh, money most people spend money to soothe their pain okay so that is a whole uh, money conversation about cash and prosperity and that kind of thing and all of you in london you know about that right because i just did the one day in a law uh, essence of abundance out there but what you can do is you can say to yourself, um, you know, now that you know that, uh, what's the opposite of money is pain? Money equals pain. Well, money is fun. Money is pleasure. Money is great. Yeah. So um, pleasure, you know, money equals pleasure. And so there's other subconscious uh, beliefs that are going on. Your bubble talk, those of you who know, <laughs> bubble talk is that subconscious yeah, yeah. thought that keeps you from getting what you want. So that mm-hmm. bubble talk of money equals pain, uh, you could really shift that, hun, and just have fun with your money. So money can uh, bring you pleasure. Money is pleasure. Uh, and Absolutely. I know it does. And But I looked at like the, my debt, and I spent it's increasing, and so like I'm insecure about that. There it is. So the debt brings guilt, right? No. No. It brings no. No. What, what does it bring when you when people when fear. you feel debt? Fear. Okay. Well, fear. Okay. So that's future. Remember, a lot of times yeah. 
if that's the fear of the of the future that's where your mind is it's being fueled by fear so when you're anxious worried yeah. tense okay and in you're focusing all of that on the money aspect or financial aspect then that is what you're going to get more of you're focusing on the future so what can you do to focus more on the present moment okay so what i did i broke an addiction of avoidance because i was like listening to YouTube readers or astrology or horoscope, and when I busted these blocks, I got, oh, my God, this is my fear of surviving for the future. It's a worry addiction. And so I just busted everything that kept me in avoidance, and so I was able to get to it. But um, in the present moment, I'm here. I'm okay. I'm Good. safe. I Good. have Good. Um, the information that I need to know when I'm in my heart. Good. God provides. God is yeah. able. I am able. That's awesome. So when you, so how do you feel when you say I'm here, I'm, I'm safe? Uh, my, I, my stomach feels contracted, <laughs> and it's as if my mind doesn't believe it. Okay. Well, yeah. So you have to. So it takes practice, right? So if your mind doesn't believe it. You know, that's that's the left brain talking, going, yeah, but, yeah, but. So it's just like the universe to do list. When it, you know, here's the caveat by using that. Turn over all the fear and just say, I don't know how to do it. I'm turning over the fear. I'm turning over the fear of the unknown because I don't know how to do that. But the caveat of doing that is you cannot keep looking at it and saying, well, it hasn't fixed it yet, or I'm still afraid now, or, um, you know, when's this going to end, or, um, you know, I'm still waiting. You know, you know, being more present. Your your job, should you choose to accept it, and this goes for all of us, is just be more present. Be more. Do something that allows you to be present. So the more you're present with that, knowing that you're safe, that you're uh, you're in a, you know, you have a roof over your head, you have clothes on your back. I mean, you go to those primal, first, you know, root chakra. Uh, survival kind of appreciation. Yeah. You know, and that's the first step. Then you can go to the second level. Am I allowed to say something, Birch? Sure. Um, Sorry, just to to, um, help the lady that's uh, speaking because, you know, I mean, I just understand that gut pain being an empath of of exactly the point you're making about changing getting rid of the fear. I mean, one of my classics, as you well know, and I am British, is laughter, you know, at the end of the day, face fear with laughter. But um, interestingly, just uh, to give lots of hope, and uh, I'm coming back to Atlanta um, in a couple of days, um, I cannot tell you how much uh, since then, because I've had a great week, it's all kind of sorting itself out. All these things keep appearing, like just random emails like where you said it's just like you know what i'm here i'm present i go for a walk with bare feet just to get myself out and 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 meditate and then i come back and i start again and then i just find all these things just in front of my face that are giving me the solutions already does that make sense that's awesome so becoming more present so just that's great claire so the thing is, being able to allow yourself to just go to that place of being present and turn over all the fear and all of the unknowns over to the universe. But again, you can't keep looking at it. I don't know when that's going to really happen. When you turn over, uh, my classic example of, you know, I want a red Mercedes, and you turn that over to the universe and say, handle that for me, get me that red Mercedes, and you keep looking in the garage to say, or the street, and say, you know, where is it? It's not here yet. That defeats the purpose of turning it over. We get impatient. And so everything ha- happens in divine time. And I know a lot of people hate hearing that, but everything happens in divine time. If you think about all the that. things in your life that have happened, that they happen in a particular order, and it's not the timing that we would have wanted, but then we go back and look at it from hindsight and say, wow, if that hadn't happened, then this other thing wouldn't have happened, and if that wouldn't have happened, then this other thing wouldn't have happened, and it happened in perfect time. So my suggestion is it happens in perfect time, this or something better. You always want to say that. That's a great communication to have. I choose in this perfect time or something better. 
I choose this or something better. And I know it's going to happen in perfect time. And one more thing I'm going to say about communication uh, with uh, transitions. This just happened to me last weekend. I just taught our graduate level in passionate manifestation in Fort Lauderdale, and I'll be doing it again in Atlanta in two weeks, uh, which is our graduate level of Essence of Being. And by the way, you can go to essenceofbeing.com. I have one more Essence of Being uh, left this year. It's going to be in October in Atlanta. Okay, everything else I'm doing is graduate level uh, the rest of the year. So if you haven't done Essence of Being, come in October in Atlanta. That'll be the last one I'll be doing um, this year. So come and do it. And part of what I did this past weekend in Fort Lauderdale, all I needed to say to people was, I'll be back. So sometimes when you're in the middle of a transition, all we have to hear is, I'll be back or it'll be all right. Think about it when we ha- when we feel the most comforted. Having somebody say to us, it's going to be okay, it'll be all right. Whether we believe it or not, just hearing that sometimes is all we need to hear. And so it's a really great communication to give yourself to say, it's going to be okay, it'll be all right. And Hmm. if there's a loss going on or if there's a movement or a transition of anything, um, you know, all I had to say to all those people that were really afraid of change because I said I wasn't coming back to Fort Lauderdale for a little while, okay, all I had to say to them to ease them a little bit <laughs> is to say, I'll be back. So I learned that I just need to have those soothing transitional communications, and that's one of them, I'll be back. Or it'll be all right. Change can, like I started this whole uh, call, change can be scary. And so that unknown can be scary. So again, I say allow yourself to get more present, whatever, whatever you have to do to get more present, whether it's laying in the ocean, whether it's looking at a baby, whether it's playing with an animal. Allow yourself to be more present, and by doing so, that helps alleviate a lot of the stress. Remember, authentic success arrives only after we have mastered failing better. So if you're feeling like you're failing, just understand that's part of the process. So being authentic success is after failing. You know, you if you master the failing part and realizing, you know, not to avoid the failure because you could be avoiding the success, just know that's part of the process. And that's, if you're in the middle of the failing part, just know that's because you're letting go of the trapeze. You're letting go of the bar and you're ready for the next one to come to you. And you're flying right now. And when you're flying, some people are afraid of flying. So some of you might be flying right now in between trapeze bars. <laughs> Okay, so so just allow that trapeze bar to come to you, but you have to allow it by letting go of the old trapeze bar. So hopefully you guys got something out of our uh, hour together, and remember that my next one is in September, September 19th. Remember, it's the third Wednesday of every month, and next month it's going to be about the essence of leadership. So you are all conscious leaders, and you are whether you like it or not, you're part of our global movement because you're on this call. And you are conscious Ooh. leaders empowering others to create a win-win world. So join me in that movement. Come to Essence of Being. Join me on my all the things that we're doing together. Check out my bubble talk with Burge on Facebook, okay? It's every, Tuesday. it's every Tuesday and Friday as long as I'm not teaching somewhere, okay? If I'm teaching, then I can't do it. But I was on there today, so you can go to the Facebook, or yesterday, you can go to the Facebook page and check it out, Essence of Being or my um, Burge Smith Lions. So uh, everybody can unmute and say, until we see you again, so long, see you soon. Thank, Thank you, Bill Bird. Bird. Thank you so Thanks, much. Bird. Blessings, blessings. Easy transition, woman.
Love you. <laughs> Love you. Can I see you again? Can I ask a question before we hang up? You have to go. Bye. Bye. Love you. Can't Love wait you. Bird, 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 Bird,